Welcome, everyone, to the Groot Podcast, episode number 11. My name is Paul McWhorter, and I'm documenting my journey toward my master's degree in theological studies and talking about how Jesus, who is full of grace and truth, gives us new life when we believe in him. It is a new year, 2023. You know, looking at some memes on social media over the last few weeks, it seems some people were ready to toss a grenade back on 2022. And some people are approaching 2023 with a lot of reservation and concern. In our house, we have a tradition at our dinner time. Yes, we sit around the table almost every night and eat dinner as a family with no tech and talk to each other. <gasps> what? We end dinner time with what we call best part, worst part. An idea that I got from a friend of mine. We each take turns talking about the best and worst parts of our day, and that helps drive conversation. So I thought I'd start this off by giving my best part, worst part for 2022. The worst part of my year was inflation, high prices everywhere, and that really ate into our budget. We've lost a family member on my wife's side in October, and another family member of hers just passed away this week. And we're going to be traveling to Florida in the next two weeks for her funeral. I found out that our geothermal system will have to be replaced within a few years. It's on the end of its life, but it's still operating very well. But that's going to be expensive. Got into a few mental funks during the year that really inhibited productivity and growth for me. I missed out on Florida State's homecoming in October due to the hurricane that came in. But my best parts were having a great job, going to some conferences, spending a lot of great time with my family, uh, starting my theology program and this podcast, directing my first ever children's play, and growing in my faith. That was, that was really probably the biggest one. For me, 2022 wasn't awful, so I can't relate to those who were ready to see it burn. I'm also not a worrier. So I have no anxiety about the future. Uh, worrying is just not in my DNA. I've never really struggled with it. Not to say that I don't worry ever, because I do. But it's very easy for me to let go and let God take care of, of that stuff. So I guess I also can't relate to those who are not eager about the new year. As a believer, I'm always excited about the future because I know God is in control. I know that if the worst should happen, that me and my family are going to heaven because of our faith in Jesus. I know from reading Revelation that our world will continue to deteriorate until Christ returns, and that our responsibility is to love God, to glorify Him, to love our neighbors, and to make disciples in Jesus. And I think that's what I worry the most about outside of personal circumstances is just the state of our country, of, of the world, saddened by what's happening, wishing for a simpler time when I was young. But it's knowing that God is in control, that his will is being done, that he works all things for good. That is how I turn my anxiety over to him because I know that I have no control over this over these big picture things that are happening around us. But my faith is in the one who created all things. So that was my best part of my spirit. 
My next class in theology starts next week. It's on intercultural communication. So hopefully we see some improvements in my podcasting. (laughs) Maybe I'll learn how to, to communicate better. Maybe I'll learn what to say or not say. I don't know. But whatever I do learn, I will be sharing with you each week as we grow together. Then in February, I'll start my second class of the semester, and that subject is the New Testament, which I'm very excited about. Today, I want to talk about transformation and renewal. This time of year, some people make New Year's resolutions, which are famous, not for the transformation these resolutions have on our lives, but how spectacularly we fail at accomplishing them. Some people have given up on making resolutions altogether, but some still persist, hopeful that this, this year will be different. That's not what we're talking about, though. We're talking about daily transformation and renewal that we as Christians should strive for as God's will is done in our lives. This stems from Paul's words through the Spirit in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. So, brothers and sisters, because of God's mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. This echoes what Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 16:24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Now, if you aren't a Christian, you might say, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Living sacrifice? Renewing my mind? And if you're a Christian, you might say, yeah, I've heard those verses a thousand times. But do you know how to apply it to your life? Do you know how to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus every day this year? Do you know how to present your body as a living sacrifice and be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can figure out God's will for your life? Isn't that what do we all want? We want to know the purpose of our life, what to do with our life, figuring out God's will for our life. Do you know how to do that? Whether you've never heard those verses or you've heard them numerous times but don't know how to apply them to your life, this is what I want to talk about. This is going to be a homework assignment for you, open-ended, no delivery date, because it's going to be an ongoing spiritual walk for you from this moment until the Lord calls you home. This is a daily resolution of commitment to Jesus Christ. It's also a homework assignment because there is no way I could cover all of this. It would be like a two-hour-plus podcast, and nobody wants to listen to me talk for that long. If you've read Romans 12, 1 and 2, about living sacrifice and being transformed by the renewing of your mind, please raise your hand. This is a classic scripture memory verse. It's quoted all the time. You've probably heard preachers do entire sermons on it. And whether it was pointed out to me before in a sermon and I missed it, I don't know. But I discovered this truth recently. Paul does not leave us hanging. He doesn't give us this great, famous quote without providing the means of seeing it through. And it's so simple that when I noticed it, I was shocked that I hadn't noticed it before. 
And honestly, I felt really, really foolish. For the first 10 chapters of Romans, Paul has been giving the Romans a sermon on how we are all sinners, that Christ was raised from the dead and that we have new life in him. He talks about God's faithfulness and judgment and so on. Then Paul comes to the meat of it. Be transformed. Here's the brilliant part. For the rest of chapter 12, all of chapter 13, all of chapter 14, and into chapter 15, Paul then lays out real practical stuff for how to be a living sacrifice and to be transformed. He doesn't just leave us hanging. He immediately follows it up. If you've seen this before, you're thinking, uh, duh, did you not read the rest of the book? I've read Romans before, but I, I didn't connect this dot. That's what I love about scripture. No matter how many times you read it, God always shows you something new. So let's take a look at what Paul says. Real quick, we're just going to go through this and then you can go back and read it. Chapter 12, verse 3. Do not think of yourself more highly than you want. Verse 10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Verses 14 through 17. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Chapter 13, verse 1, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Verse 8, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Verses 13 through 14, Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Chapter 14, verse 1. Accept the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters. Verse 13. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Verse 19, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Chapter 15, verse 1, we who are strong ought to bear the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Verse 5 through 7 and 9, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Jesus Christ had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God, and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. That's three plus chapters of Paul telling us how to live sacrificially, that we might glorify God, his name, and his mercy. If every decision you make every day is based on those principles, not thinking highly of yourself, loving others, not repaying evil with evil, etc., how much better would the church alone be today if we as Christians all followed this teaching? Imagine how better our world would be. People talk about utopia and living in a world of peace, but nobody wants to do the things that actually lead to that. The world wants to be selfish and self-serving. The world likes to judge other people and repay evil with evil. 
The world wants to overthrow authorities and be self-governing. The world wants to behave badly with drunkenness and sexual immorality and dissension. They say they want a better world, but they aren't willing to do the things to make it that way. And while the church has been successful at being a light in small and large ways for 2,000 years, it has also failed famously by being judgmental, having internal quarrels that lead to church splits and denominational fighting. But this is what God wants for all of us. This is the lifestyle he wants us to pursue. If you want to know God's will for your life and your life isn't being transformed daily with these steps of renewal, then you're doing it wrong. And this is just three chapters of one book. God's word is full of practical knowledge for life, for faith. If you have questions, God has answers. This is the resolution that I will ask you to make, as I have made, and that is to spend time in God's word and in prayer every single day. It takes three weeks to make a new habit. For the next three weeks, spend time reading God's word, starting with Romans 12 through 15. We are without excuse today. Back in the day, you had to have a physical Bible or a, a Bible study book or devotional. Now we have every possible translation of God's word on our phone, on our tablet, on our computer. There are so many websites and apps with the Bible, with daily devotionals and Bible studies. You can read God's word in your chair at home, at work, on the train, on the bus, anywhere. You can listen to audiobooks of the Bible or podcasts in your car. If you have time to scroll through social media, you have time to read God's word and then talk to him about it. Talk to him about what you read and how it applies to your life. Ask him for strength and guidance through his spirit. If you want to change your life, if you want to see improvement, if you want direction, if you want hope, read your Bible daily. As Paul says in Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hey, thank you so much for listening. And I hope that this has encouraged you and challenged you. And I hope you will continue to ask questions and seek answers because the truth of God will set you free. See you next time.